Hey, what's going on guys? Nick Bradshaw here and you guys are back for another episode of MLM Secrets Live. So the question is, why would an MLM top 1% income earner doing over $1.5 million per year in sales and has over 4,500 people in their downline just up and quit the company they're with and start over from scratch with a brand new company? Because that's a huge question and this podcast will give you the answers. Hey, what's going on guys? So hey, uh, episode three. <laughs> Can't believe it's already episode three. But uh, here we are. And so, guys, today I'm going to be talking about the day that I was lied to. All right. So um, before I actually go into this, I'm, I, I just want to kind of caveat this and saying, guys, I don't think that I was actually lied to of like malicious intent or like, you know, anything of that nature. However, I was lied to. And um, I still remember it very, very vividly. And when I even when I say me, like I'm not necessarily talking about me. I'm talking about, you know, my wife and how we got into MLM and how, like how we were actually recruited into the business and, and things of that nature. Before I get into that, though, there's a couple of things that I, I want to cover, you know, at the beginning of this episode. All right. And so the first one of that is, guys, I want to make a promise to you. This podcast is not about, you know, recruiting or, you know, pitching people into my MLM or anything of that nature. In fact, like I'm going to promise you guys that I'm never even going to mention the name of my company or the name of my products or you know anything of that nature because I don't want you guys to feel like you guys are being pitched like I want this to be a you know a, a space that we can all just learn and that we can you know just conceptualize ideas and that being said before I actually get into the story of <laughs> of you know the day that I was lied to I want to kind of recap what we talked about last episode as far as like the origins of MLM goes all right and so because we, we talked about, you know, how this all became a, a thing, right? How MLM actually started inside of the United States. And so what we what we should have realized by this point is that, because we, we're, the MLM business just does never change. And it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And like, we're doing things the same way that we were 70 and 80 years ago with literally no changes to it. The, the model that is being taught by MLM is literally the same exact model that was taught 80 years ago. So if you guys have like kept up with modern time, you guys have kept up with the news, if you guys have been able to have any kind of critical thinking, you know, skills at all up to this point, then you guys realize that there are a ton of businesses that are going out of business every single day because they have failed to evolve with the way of the world in today's, you know, in, in, in the technology age. And so, because I forget who this quote is actually attributed to, but there's this, you know, there's this old quote, and you guys have probably heard it before, but it says that, you know, the only thing that is constant in life is death and taxes. And somehow MLM has been able to defy that logic astronomically, right? To the point where it's like the only thing that is constant inside of MLM is that nothing ever changes. And I'm not, I, and guys understand this, I'm not saying this as a good thing that this is not a good attribute to have in fact if i think that if we would have changed you know starting with you know going back you know probably just in the last 10 years that this industry would not have the stigma that it does today because as i understand this uh, again going back to like the origin area you know era going back to you know the way that this business has been ran for so long up until a certain point, we didn't have that stigma. You know, the, the stigma of, you know, being like lower class for being inside of an MLM was non-existent until really like the last 10 years. 
right? That's when people really started looking down upon the business model. And you know, that's when, I'm not going to say like, you know, the, the term pyramid scheme was coined, right? Because it was coined, you know, before that, back when, you know, people were actually doing pyramid schemes. The way that people have been describing MLM and the stigma that you get if you are in inside of the MLM industry, you know, being like an unethical person or running unethical business practices really just started in the past like 10 years, right? And so, you know, you, a lot of you guys may have felt this way before, but it's almost as if joining an MLM in today's world, you are taking a hit in your social status to say that you are inside of an MLM, okay? And the reason for that is, in my own personal yet correct opinion, is because of the way that, you know, nothing ever changes. And so, how, like, how do we get into this, right? The best way to, to I think, explain this to you guys is, is just by sharing my story of, of how I actually, or my wife was actually recruited into MLM, right? And, and not necessarily even the way that she was recruited in as like on, on a business level, but really just on like uh, a consumer level of just buying the products. All right. So guys, this goes back to 2013, I believe. Yeah. 2013, maybe 2014. It's funny. I don't remember the year, but I remember, I remember the day, right? Like I remember everything about like the, like that in particular moment. All right. And, and so, like I said, I was watching football and my wife, all I, all I knew at the time was that my wife was on the computer, right? She was like deep into something. She had her headphones in, you know, she, and she was like vividly paying attention to whatever she was doing on the computer. And it was later I found out that what she was actually doing, she was on a webinar with the person who eventually, you know, recruited us into the MLM world. What was actually going on at this time was my wife was a massage therapist. She ran a small massage therapy studio. Um, as like an independent, you know, business owner. And at the time she had been using a product um, or some products inside of her massage practice on like on her customers. And these products were supposed to, you know, help, you know, uh, relieve pain and aches and all of these things. And so she had been using these things and, and she wasn't getting like the feedback that she had wanted out, you know, from her customers. And she was also using these on like a personal level and she wasn't getting, you know, the results that were promised to her. Right. But she believed in the, she believed in the, the product, like not like necessarily like the company of the product that she was buying, but like the product in and of itself. And so she went, she'd bounced from like company to company just buying the products and just trying to find something that was going to work for her and work for her customers so that she could use them inside of her business and enhance her business practices. But she was kind of like on like her last straw, right? And so she was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try this like one last company. I've been talking to this person, you know, for a little bit and I'm going to like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try them out. Right. And so what, how she actually found this person and we didn't know this person, this wasn't a friend or a family member or you know we didn't know anybody who like personally knew this person my wife at the time because she was you know doing massage therapy and all of these things she had you know started getting into like natural health and um i think she had actually just like converted over to um, being a vegetarian at the time and so she followed a bunch of these bloggers and she was blogging herself and so she ran into um this blogger who sold these you know health and wellness products and so after having, you know, some conversations, she got invited to a webinar that this person was having. And so the webinar, if you guys have been on a webinar before, you guys understand, you know, kind of how they work. If it's a product-based webinar, they start 
you know, showing the products and explaining the products and how you use them and, and so on and so forth. And at the end of it, you know, there's a, a pitch to buy the product if, if you want to. And so that's what my wife was actually doing on the computer, right? That's what she was like. That's why she was telling me to, you know, be quiet and turn the TV down as I'm trying to watch football. All right, so that's what she was doing. A little beknownst to me, right? I, I didn't know this at the time, but it's funny that I can remember this, you know, reverse engineering my own story of how we got in here or got to where we are today. And so my wife buys the product and, you know, she falls in love with it, right? It's the first product that actually works for her, for her customers. She starts getting great feedback and, you know, it, it works so well to the point to where she actually wanted to start selling the product inside of her massage therapy studio, right? So as she used the product onto the customers, she started getting customers like, hey, like, where can I buy, you know, whatever it was that you were using? And so my wife came to the person who, you know, was selling her the product and she's like, all right, well, if I wanted to start doing this inside of my massage practice, how would I do this? You know, X, Y, Z. And so the person recruited us in and said, oh, okay, well, you know, if you're having such great results with it, you know, why don't you actually sell a product? Yada, yada, yada. You know, we kind of know the story from there. All right. So now a couple months down the road, we have, or she has actually joined this MLM company as a business opportunity. And it started out with just wanting to sell the products to the customers inside of her massage therapy business. But the problem with that was, is that like, she, she wasn't running this like huge massage therapy studio. It was, it was her and like one other person. And uh, funny enough, like the other person was actually using like a competitor's product that my wife, you know, did not think worked at all. So there was some conflict in that and, you know, she was only working, I think at the time it was like maybe like three, maybe four days out of the week. And if she was doing it, she was only doing like, you know, one, maybe two massages uh, a day. And it was more so not to necessarily run like an entire business herself. It was more so designed to just kind of supplement income and just get another source of income or another source of revenue. All right. So the natural progression of MLM the the question came about is like okay if we're actually going to be doing this as a business then what we need to figure out is we need to figure out how do we actually get customers inside inside of this business and so we started to, you know we we went through a training that our you know what turned out to be our upline was having and we started going through it and, and sure enough you know the training was all just about you know talking with friends talking with family having home parties you know uh, you guys all know the story i'm sure right um you guys have all lived it i'm sure and so that's what we started doing. But here's the thing, right? Is that it came to a point and for us, it came very, very quickly because we didn't have, you know, this large circle of, of friends. We didn't have this large network. Our families are, are, are relatively small in size. I mean, in, in the state that we live in, on my side of the family, all I have is my dad, my mom, and my sister, right? And so her family is, is relatively small. All she has is on her side is like her grandma, her mom, and her sister. And then we have some extended family, but we're not real close with them. All right. My family's like five states removed from where we were living at the time. And so naturally we burned through our warm market very, very quickly. I think we held like three, maybe four of these like home parties to where like every single person who was even like halfway interested or like just being nice enough to show up, you know, was there. <laughs> and so there was nobody else to invite. There was nobody else to, <laughs> to have these home parties with. And we had talked with other people about trying to have, you know, trying to get them to host these parties and invite their circle of friends and all of these things. It just, it just wasn't working. All right. And so we ran through that warm market astronomically quick. I mean, like within like a month, month, month and a half, something along those lines. 
so then we went back and, and we asked our upline, we said, hey, like, so now that our warm market is, you know, dry, it's non-existent anymore, we ran through them, like, what do we do now? And the funny part about it, you know, is that going through this training, you know, going through their training, listening to, you know, their word, infinite words of wisdom, is that they didn't really have an answer. Okay, there, there was nothing more of like, you know, like, what do I do now? There, there was no, there was no answer to that question. It was just, oh, well, go back and talk to them again and make a hundreds names list or, you know, call everybody that, you know, or, you know, you know, talk, start talking to, you know, people you haven't talked to in 10 years. And obviously that wasn't going to work for us. And so we ended up figuring out, you know, a way to, to expand our warm market. And we did things very unconventional from the way that things were being taught to us. Right. And so which brings me back to the the title of this episode, like the day that I was lied to. Right. And so like, I'm not saying, you guys understand this. I mentioned this in, in episode one, guys, I'm not saying that anything was done of like malicious intent or with ill will. Okay. Is what I am saying is that there was a huge difference in what my upline was doing versus what they were telling us to do. And I didn't realize this at the time. Right. And I didn't realize this until, you know, probably like yeah, 12 to, you know, 12 to 18 months ago is when I really realized what was happening, what was going on. Right. And it wasn't until I started actually like researching like the top 1% of, you know, the industry leaders, the top income earners and, and all of that. And like started reverse engineering, you know, what they are actually doing inside of their business and not what they are teaching other people to do. And it's funny that, you know, the closer that you are and emotionally tied to, you know, the outcomes and everything else that the more blinded that we are to this, I started really reverse engineering. I was looking at my upline. All right. And I understand that, um, our upline at this point, you know, was making, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but 20, 30, you know, $40,000 a month inside of her MLM business. And so I, I, I kind of started with her and I said, I started with myself and I said, okay, well, like how did, like, how did I actually, you know, get into this? How did we get into this? How did we get to where we are now? So I started reverse engineering, like, all right, like what was my own process? Like how did, how did my upline get me or us into this business? And it was at this point that I finally remembered and everything became very, very clear. And I said, well, well wait a minute. My upline is sitting here telling me that I need to go talk to my friends and my family and, and ho have home parties and hotel meetings and one-on-one -on -one conversations and all of this stuff. But the way that I actually got into MLM was from a blogger who ran a webinar and they got me to buy their product and then do the business. And I said, huh? So why are they telling me to do home parties? Is that actually duplicatable? Right? They're not doing it. So why are they telling me to do it? And I'm not saying that they've never done this. Okay. I'm not saying that my uplines never, never held a home party because they have, right? I know that for a fact, but I'm just saying, if this is such a duplicatable model, then why are they not doing it themselves anymore? To be quite honest, right? And I was emotionally tied to this at the time, right? But I was kind of pissed off, right? Like, like I was, I was kind of pissed off. I was like, why, like, why, why are they telling me to do this? Okay. And why are they telling me to teach other people to do this? And so then I started, you know, Again, I started looking into, like, I started going one by one by one of industry leaders, top income earners, you know, the top one percenters in, in the industry. And I started reverse engineering what they're actually doing. Not, understand this, 
I'm not listening to what they're saying at this point. I'm actually reverse engineering what they're doing. And what I found is that none of them, not a single one, is having home parties anymore. They're not having hotel meetings. They're not, you know, running around in, in Starbucks cafes, you know, talking to individuals one-on-one, right? They're, they just aren't doing it. And so then I, I had to ask myself, like, why? Why are they not doing it? If this is such a duplicatable model, why are they not doing it? So then I started looking into success rates of MLM. And I said to myself, you know, and, and, and understand this, guys. I, I'm, I'm always that person who is a little skeptical going into anything, right? Which is why I didn't just jump into the MLM model when my wife did at the very beginning either, okay? It wasn't until we started actually seeing some kind of success inside of the MLM industry that I actually decided to you know join her in this venture. And so then when I did join her in this venture and I started going through all of this, I just became more and more skeptical and you know started <laughs> really breaking all of this stuff down, right? And so started looking into it and I said, okay, well, you know, nine, and the numbers don't lie. 99% of people who join an MLM company fail within the first 12 months. All right. And if all of this is so, is so duplicatable, then why are those numbers so astronomically high? All right. There's no other industry in the entire world that has a failure rate so high that continues to, to do business. I just said to myself, like, this can't be it. This isn't the way, all right? If everybody else who is, is successful, and when I say successful, I'm not talking about, you know, making a few hundred dollars a month. I'm talking about earning $10,000 plus, you know, $15,000, $20,000 plus every single month. If these people are successful and they're not doing it this way, then I need to figure out how it is that they're doing it. And so, again, I'm not going to get into, you know, exactly what they were doing. We're going to go into that in later episodes. But as what I wanted you guys to know is that it's, I, I do believe that we are working with a broken model. Okay. I, I just, I do. So as I started getting into this and as I started changing my own business model and as I started doing, you know, business the way that I currently am running it, I've got, you know, quite a few opportunities to step into more of like a coaching and consulting role to where my inner circle inside of the MLM world and understand this guys at this point, my inner circle of the MLM world, it consists of a lot of these top leaders, right? I'm, I'm talking about people who are doing, you know, $10 million a year in sales, $20 million a year in sales. I mean, there, there's, you know, one team that I consulted for that they've got six different, you know, legs of leaders inside of their business. And just one of their legs is doing like $2 million per month, right? So $24 million a year um, in sales in just one leg of six, all right? This, I mean, this, this person's business is just skyrocketed. But I started being able to go in and I got these opportunities where people would invite me into their team to start doing some consulting and coaching and, and giving advice and um, teaching them the, the way that I'm doing my business. All right. And so one of the one of my favorite things to actually do when I step into that coaching or consulting role is I, I one of the first things that I do is that I go in, I, I separate the leaders from like the green peas or the people who their, their business or their company does not consider them to be a leadership rank, okay? And so I separate the leadership ranks from the non-leadership ranks, and I'll ask them, you know, this, kind of the same questions, right? And so it always starts out with, and, and I'll start with, you know, the leaders, and I'll say, like, why do you think that people fail inside of MLM? And so what happens, and it, it, it happens without fail, it happens every single time, and every single time that I ask this question to the leaders, 
And they all just sit there and they start looking at it around at each other because they know it's kind of a rhetorical question. I don't want to be asking the question if I didn't know the answer. I just want to hear them say it. So they just look around for like a good like 30 seconds to a minute. And finally, you know, one of them, you know, and they're all looking around. They're like, all right, well, who, who, who's going to answer, right? Who's, who's going to, like, who's, who's going to say it, right? Because they all know what they want to say, but they're all just kind of scared to say it. And so finally somebody pipes up and they're like, oh, well, you know, people fail inside of MLM because they, you know, don't put in the effort or they don't put in the work or they lose belief in the company or they don't have vision or they don't have a why. They don't have a strong why or they don't have motivation, right? And it's the same answer every single time. The biggest answer though, is that they don't put in the work or the effort. And so then I'll, I'll turn back around and after, you know, I, I do that coaching session with them, I'll go back and I'll do the coaching session with the, the other people, you know, the non-leadership ranks. And I'll ask them the same question. I'll say, hey, like, you know, why do you guys think that people fail inside of MLM? And the same thing happens, you know, funny enough is what happens with the leaders. They all just sit there and they look around and, they're like, oh, well, who's going to answer first? And they all know what they want to say, but they don't actually say it because they're scared. They don't want to be wrong. And so finally somebody pipes up and they speak up and they say, oh, well, I think people in, inside of MLM fail because they don't have the proper education to succeed or they don't have, they don't, they're not being taught the right things or they don't know how to run their business like a business or nobody knows how to, like I, they run through their warm market and they don't know how to proceed after that. Again, it's the, the pattern is very, very clear that, you know, from one team to the other of exactly what happens. All right. And so the, the biggest question or the biggest thing, the biggest answer in all of that is that when they run through their war market, they don't know how to proceed after that. Okay. They ask their upline, like, what do I do next? And the upline just gives them the same answer. Oh, well, you need to you know go back through your war market. You need to ask for referrals. You need to have these phone conversations. And you need to, you know, get other people to host parties and, and all of this stuff, right? And so it's funny, you know, going back and, and being able to analyze, you know, these things because the, the patterns are so clear and being able to emotionally take myself out of the situation because it's no longer my team and get to view things on an objective level really opens up the eyes and allows you to see the patterns, right? And the leaders all blame the people below them and the people below them all blame the leaders for the failure of their own business. But what what doesn't happen is nobody internalizes it and says, oh, well, maybe it's my job to figure out how to evolve my business past the friends and family model if I want to succeed. And, it's the, and the leaders, they don't say, oh, well, maybe it's my fault because I don't actually teach these people what to do next after they run through their warm market. And so it's just funny to me because either way, either way that you actually look at it, Right. If you're looking at it from the leader's perspective or you're looking at it from the non-leadership you know, rank perspective, then nobody wants to say that it's their own fault. But at the same time, it's none of it's duplicatable. Right. The, the leaders don't actually duplicate anything besides the regurgitated bullcrap that was taught to them of the friends and family model. And the non-leadership ranks can't duplicate anything because they don't know exactly what to duplicate to begin with. What it all boils down to is that the way that business is being ran in the MLM industry in 2018, 2019, just isn't duplicatable. There is absolutely zero duplication inside of MLM once we run through our warm market. I'm gonna leave the episode on that. I, I really want you guys to sit and ponder that and think about it and and kind of go from there, all right? So 
So next week is what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about, we're actually going to talk about what, what to do after you run through your warm market, what to do once you have exhausted all of your friends and family, right? What to do after, you know, trying to build your business off of the backs of your friends and family no longer is working. In the meantime, guys, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about what I'm doing in an in-depth level, as the MLM domination courses, the link is in the show notes, five videos that are designed to teach you guys how to actually, you know, get recruits and, and recruit people into your downline that are no longer in your warm market in an automated sense or fashion. All right. So if you guys want to learn some of the cool stuff that I'm doing, I highly suggest going in and downloading the MLM domination course. Just a reminder, guys, I never, ever say the name of my business. I never, ever say the name of my products. This is not a recruiting kind of thing. It's not what it's here for. It's simply just designed to teach you guys some of the stuff that I'm doing inside of my own business um, so that we can further advance the MLM industry as a whole. All right. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and I'll see you guys on episode four. All right.